so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Hong Kong. I am Andy Curtin, and I'm here today with my buddy Mohammed Magdi. That okay? <laughs> I don't know Every week, a, I'm just gonna have a different introduction. I was like, <laughs> did I not notice that you say your name weird every yeah, every time? <laughs> like, is this just a podcast thing, or is this a live thing? I'm just taking it over. Everyone will be listening, tuning in just to listen to my intro now. If I introduce you to people, I want to introduce you to people now in real life and see if you're like, yeah. hi, I'm Mohammed Magdi. <laughs> I'm like that UFC guy, Bruce Buffer. <laughs> that, I, you know, know, the announcer. I know nothing about UFC. But you know like how they have like the famous announcers like, uh, now it's going to take like five minutes for me to do the intro. <laughs> Did that one guy, the, the let's get ready to rumble guy, he oh, just yeah. made it a thing now? Yeah, yeah. They gotta have the calling card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, did we here to see people destroy themselves? <laughs> take, take your little theatrics yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, it's his one minute of fame. How do people find you online? They find me on Patreon. Today, my plug is Patreon. Patreon.com slash the other Muhammad. There is nothing on there, but you can just give me money. That's yeah. how people find me. Yeah, they find you by giving you money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like a reverse deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> And you can also find Which ironically Instagram. makes you sound like more of a deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, if you are enjoying the podcast, do us a favor, hit subscribe. It is a massive help for us. It's a help for you because you get to hear more of Muhammad's impersonations of himself saying his name. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't matter what platform you're on, just hit subscribe. Uh, also, I want to do a big shout out to my buddy Bjorn Seidel, a good friend from... Uh, yeah, Shanghai, so, yeah, you know Bjorn. Yeah, he sent me a message the other day saying that uh, he's been listening to the podcast. So I really appreciate it, man. You are the best. Um, and the thing we want to talk about today is so currently Hong Kong is in another wave. Yeah, and it's but this one's a little unusual. The source of this one has been Hong Kong's seedy, ultra wealthy <laughs> ballroom dancing scene, uh, full of lots of sexual. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, just because it's for the ultra-wealthy, I've never heard of it. But do you know what is interesting? Because I was talking to my friend who's lived out here for 20 mm. years. And it was so represent Because the thing is that it happened in a place that we walk past all the time. It's like right. one child, like an yeah. area that we know. Yeah. And I'd even been to this place. Have you? So the place... when we can get further into it. But the place yeah. Starlight that was like the center of it. Yeah. We looked at that as a potential venue. Now, I don't know how serious they Wait, were. is that the one of the venues we looked at for the riff? It was. Oh, shit. I remember this place did now. Did you come to it? I did come to it. It's like on a high floor yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. That's as crazy. soon as they said that, I was like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> I do remember that now. Oh, my God. We looked at it, yeah, like two, like one and a half years ago, something like when we were looking for venues yeah. for the riff. And we came down from Shanghai. I was here and I met you here and we just looked at it. Holy shit. Now, I don't know if we were ever even like a serious candidate for yeah, getting yeah. it. But it was, yeah, as soon as they said the name, I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, you know, whether you're in Hong Kong or Shanghai, I feel like this is even more true in Hong Kong. Like Hong Kong is a city where you could live here for 
your whole life and then be like, oh, you know that door you never noticed? Yeah. There's a whole thing in there. Like yeah. there's a whole community of something you've just been walking past this whole you, time. You know about there's so the, many hidden pockets of stuff here. So you know about the whole like uh, the, the restaurant that caught fire here in Yamate and like a bunch of people died and stuff. The Nepalese restaurant. Like just recently. Yeah, just recently. Was right? that an illegal restaurant? It's an illegal restaurant, which gets... That's why I remembered it. Because, you know, across the street from California Tower, there is this amazing Nepalese place that is totally illegal. But it's the same thing. Wait, where is it exactly? You can't tell because there is no sign, nothing. So, you know, across the street from California Tower, there is like bars downstairs. And yeah. it's basically a residential building. You take the elevator up to a floor. I'm not going to say which floor not to get them in trouble, actually, because I like these guys. Yeah, the cops won't have trouble figuring <laughs> this out. No. No, because that's exactly the thing. It's a maze. You actually cannot be, and they all look like residential doors. You don't know which restaurant is it until someone takes you there. And it's who took you there? A local friend. That's how you get to know about the place. You don't have local friends. (laughs) Chinese friend. I called him local. He's actually Gabriel Tan from Singapore. Also local. (laughs) (laughs) Busted. and it's open until 6 a.m. every day. It's basically drunken food for Lang Kwai Fang people. Really? Yes. And they deliver as well. It's very good. And it's like $50 a meal. It's a perfect combo for Lang Kwai Fang. But that's the thing. There is so many of these restaurants here in Shanghai and in, in, in Hong Kong. But I feel like in Shanghai, you know, and, and I think in, in any big city, there's bubbles and mm. you don't realize there's things going on. Layers, And in yeah. Shanghai, there could be like whole communities and stuff. Like mm. I remember, just as an example... Did you ever go out to like the villa communities out in Gubei? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I went out there, I was like, what? People have houses in Shanghai? Yeah. With backyards? Remember the mansion? Which, oh, I never went to that. Yeah, but that was out in that area too. Did you go to I that? I did go a couple of times on my first like two years in Shanghai. It's it's crazy. It did feels like, like a like a tropical island of some sort, like in the middle of Shanghai. Yeah. Just the vibe, because they're like selling drugs off the counter and everyone is underage and everyone's drinking and it's just insane. It's insanity. So I remember we did a gig at the British uh, International School out there, which mm. was super fancy. Actually, I think it's, it's where Chris Baker worked. Oh, yeah. And it was like it was like what... A, an expensive private school in Australia would look like, mm. like with you know green and everything. Yeah. Like expensive private schools in Hong Kong, yeah, still don't look that amazing because they don't have land, right? Yeah, but like this had like rolling land in Shanghai, yeah. and then next to it with these these gated communities, yeah. of just houses like you would have in the West, yeah. And I just got introduced to someone through a friend, and they invited me out there for lunch, and it was just <laughs> it was like being in a dream. You're like, yeah. am I in Shanghai right now? <laughs> Whereas, like, I feel like Hong Kong, because it's so dense here, yeah. you, you don't quite get such a revealing different place yeah. physically, but... But you get the it'll layers. Be, it'll have been underneath you the whole time. Exactly. Like, That's it. it'll be, you know, you'll be like, oh, I didn't realize this building's this tall and has a, a garden on top of it. Yeah. You know, that kind N- of stuff. Knott's Fort Terrace is another perfect example. So, Knott's Fort Terrace, for people who don't know, is basically Kowloon's... Wait, I read this in the news recently. That That's the Nepalese the, one? No, no, no. That's Kowloon's Lang Kwai Fang, basically. What's, Knott's Fort Terrace. Oh. It's right here. Like, oh, I just read about this. I didn't know what... Maybe. It, there, did something I mean, happen? Um, I'm not sure if so. I didn't read an, about it on the news recently. But, but it's LKF for Kowloon, right? It's LKF for Kowloon. But the interesting thing about it is that unlike LKF, it's just tall buildings that have multiple businesses in each in each building. So you go there, it's like you see bars on the ground level, just like Lang Kwai Fang. But up there, there is another 15 bars in the building. And you just have to go there and get lost. 
It's really interesting. You can actually go take the elevator to the top floor and make your way down. And by the w- by the time you get down, you're shit faced already. Yeah. If you have one drink in each bar, you're done. It's cool. really cool. Yeah. But we, it's like where the locals hang out, right? Like Lang Kwai Fung is like tourists and, you know, dumb Kwai Lo. Oh, yeah, all those tourists we have in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the tourism business is going so well. <laughs> that's definitely going to come back. That's why Knotsford is still surviving because that's where the locals go. Because it was local, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so just to give... A, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast, but like mm. just, just give a little bit of a history. So Hong Kong got hit early in January. Yeah. Nowhere else got hit. Uh, but it wasn't badly hit, you know. It was just hit. Yeah. You know, it was just here. Hong Kong people, having gone through SARS, dealt with it pretty well. Mm. By late Feb, the virus was hitting everywhere else. Yeah. And Hong Kong somehow were not controlling people flying back in. Yeah. And so, all of these people flew from France and London because they were like, it's no longer safe over yeah. here. They were sick. It came back and that's when we had... I know two like, people who came back from Australia and Dubai. I wouldn't know who they are. I wouldn't say who they are, hey, but... when I, when I came <laughs> back, it wasn't in Australia. Yeah, you, yeah I know. I it was came like back barely from, there. I came back when Australia was safe. <laughs> I came back from Dubai when it was like starting to hit there. But then I came in and they're like, I'm like, do I need to quarantine? They're like, nah, you're fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> but like literally two weeks, two, like uh, 10 days after I came in and then they started uh, like quarantining people. So I came... Like a few weeks before they shut the border, yeah. I've never been on such an empty flight. Yeah. There was no one, like five seats to my right before there was a person, and two rows to my back before there was a person. Wow, there was n- like no one. I on am that the opposite flight. because I think I came earlier, like well, later well, than Karina you. came. Yeah. So when Karina, my wife, came back, like yeah. I don't know, like two weeks later, mm. uh, she said, you know, <laughs> it was like people sleeping in the the, yeah. the, the aisle of the plane. I went, ah, obviously joking but it was super packed there wasn't a space yeah i remember when coming back from dubai it felt like kind of a refugee crisis because everyone who was living in dubai from hong kong they were there and they realized it's gonna it's about to hit there and hong kong is about to close its borders so everyone came back we also at that point like i remember being i remember when i came back here in Mm. feb and there must have been like a few hundred cases in the city or something like that yeah and you know it was like traveling to uh, Chernobyl or something. Yeah. Like I, I was like, people say it's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I so I came ahead of the family. Then, yeah, because I didn't want to bring him in here and it yeah. was unsafe. I remember you calling me from Australia and going, "Ah, oh, we might be here for a while." And then like two weeks later, you're like, "I'm coming back. I'm coming back." <laughs> well, it, it, I remember there was a moment where cases started to appear in Australia, yeah. and I was out with the kids at this like kids. Uh, art exhibition thing yeah. and there were touch screens there's no sanitizer like there was all this stuff that yeah. now in a covid world you'd be like whoa yeah, not know? okay and, no, and and then cases were popping up and some like a couple popped up near our house yeah and it, i mean it was really a, a low number at that point but, yeah but but it was enough also this was at the point where china had the most cases oh yeah and they don't even had like 30,000 or something. Like it yeah. was nowhere it had it really bad at that point. Yeah. But it was enough to know. I'm like, oh, it's... But I think because I, it, it we was lived... It was, it was this moment where I was living in the, a world where n- no one understood what I understood. Yes, I'm but like, because we about- lived in China for a long time, we already know when people there are panicking about something, it's going to get serious at yeah, some point. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's coming. And, and yeah. I, I, I spoke to my parents about yeah. it. I was like, you guys are in a high-risk category. You <laughs> should You should... 
You should yeah. be washing your hands. Don't be shaking hands with anyone. Just yeah. try to stay at home. And they were laughing at me. Yeah, yeah. They were like... Oh. Like, hey, hey, commie. Yeah, yeah. My, my, <laughs> I remember my mum said something like, um, oh, we've lived through a lot of things. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is going to be different. <laughs> this is going to be different to the things you've lived, lived through. Like, uh, historically, I can... Yeah. Prove that this is going to be different. Yeah. To live through, also, if you live through, let's say, like a financial crisis, it's not the same like living through a pandemic. No. <laughs> like, hey, Sally, I know you're listening, but like, this is not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I understand her perspective as well, but it just, um, to be frank with you, it's one of those things where I, when you're living here and you're yeah. not only absorbing what's going on through the newspapers, you get a different. It, yeah, intel on stuff, and yeah. I think there's a reluctance from everyone I know in Australia to to listen. Yeah, to the information that I have yeah, yeah. out here, whether it's about the severity of the protests or it's about you know w- what it actually means to live here, even if you're frustrated with yeah. what's going on. To be me. fair, I also don't like any information you give me, so <laughs> <laughs> I get their side as well. None of it's good, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um. Yeah, and it also, COVID turned out to be not that bad in some ways. You know? Yeah. As, as at that point, it was yeah. a real unknown. Yeah. Like, I remember at that point being like, oh, like, you really can't get this. And now it's like, you should do what you can to limit it. But but if you got it, you know, you just got to work through it. It's not going to be that yeah. bad. Yeah. I know tons of people who've got it and they're fine. I mean, it's also one of these things I feel like as simplistic as this sounds, if you put on a mask outside of your house, you will be fine. To me, that's all that that it takes. Just everyone put on a mask when you're outside of the house, and then you're okay. Yeah, yeah. I I did see somewhere that it made the good point. Is like all these people like, I don't want to wear a mask for me. It's like don't wear it for you. Wear it for everybody else. Yeah, like, that's. It's like that. Do you see the Bill Burr monologue on SNL? Yeah, if you when want- he goes like yeah, he's like if you go ahead, take out your entire family. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. So anyway, yeah. long, long story short, so so. Came up a little bit in January. By by Feb, it was gone. Yeah. Uh, came up again in late March. We had that. That's supposed to be no, the second May. wave. It was May, May that it hit. Yeah. Yeah. In May, beginning of May, we shut down. Yeah. Until uh, like July. And that was because they had. I don't even remember what that one was for. I think they also like made all these exceptions for people on like on like um, cruise ships or whatever. Not cruise ships. Like uh, like. Uh, container ships vessels yeah and they would just let the crew come in to the port and then they interact with people who are at the port locals and then those locals br- brought oh, it into the what? city no, no 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 we opened up in may that's what happened we opened up in may and we ran till july mm. and that was the the third wave yeah um and then july we were open until until september pretty much yeah yeah and then it started getting bad again like I'm also, you know, I'm thinking of the timeline of the riff yeah, when it was I'm open. Looking, I'm looking at the schedule. <laughs> yeah. So, so in in July we had th- they'd been letting pilots in. Yeah. It was getting through the port. Yeah. Um, and Hong Kong was still this champion of like dealing with it really yeah. well. Um, then it shut down in July. Started to open up again recently. Yeah. And now we've been hit again. Yeah. Um, and it's. You know, I, I said to my friends, I was like, "Hey, it's really bad here. We had a hundred, we had eighty cases in a day, yeah. and they're just laughing at me." And I'm yeah. like, "I understand that in absolute numbers, that doesn't seem that bad to you, but when you have a city that doesn't have, like, going from zero to yeah. eighty is a lot worse than going yeah. from like a thousand to two thousand. Sure, and especially when you look at like 
not to be self-centered, but we're all self-centered, is like if our income mm. is is dependent on it not being there. Yeah. So like if the virus was here and we were forced to plan our lives in a way that we would get income in a virus setting, yeah. that wouldn't be that bad. But what yeah. happened was that things were fine. Yeah. And so we did the thing that we do, which is yeah. we run shows and we plan our life around that and we put all our energy into it and all of our resources. And we ran one show. Yeah. The cops raided us. Yeah. 10 cops rock up. <laughs> and it was funny because like, it was funny the mix of like people freaking out and just you and me being like, Yep. Yeah. That, been that, raided again. Yeah, of course they came here. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't they raid yeah. us? I feel like Carrie Lamb was just like, uh, oh, they're running shows again. Quick, uh, get, get a few... Get release people, some virus get, in get the get air. Some coughs going again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I yeah. mean, just... Now, oh, but I also want to say this is like, so we, we get 10 cops rock up. They ring the doorbell. <laughs> Which we didn't, even know, we didn't yeah. even know we had a doorbell. Yeah. So apparently outside this this room that we're running a show in, that's packed, someone had a show, awesome show. Yeah. Um, someone's installed one of those like, you know, you get like a doorbell at the supermarket. Yeah. It's like you, Ding it's dong. wireless, <laughs> yeah. you know, you put thing at the front door and then yeah. there's a sound maker inside. Yeah. So Garen is on stage telling dick jokes. And, we and then on here, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, luckily, the guy who runs the venue is an absolute pro. He knew exactly what to do. He yeah. just went outside, did not let them in. Kept him outside. Kept yeah. him outside. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, anyway, the show was fine, just in case anyone is worried. No one is worried. Show but, was great. Yeah, yeah show well, was great. The funny thing is that, and, and it's, you know, the survival instinct kicks in, right? Yeah. So they open the door and I look around and there's a lot of people sitting around the door without masks yeah. on. So I just walked around to everyone that was within eyesight of the door yeah. and said, can you put a mask on? Can you put a mask on? Put a mask on. And then like three minutes later, yeah. the cops opened the door and just took and a look inside. Look in, and yeah. what they would have seen was yeah. everybody wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. That was really smart. And they left after that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's smart. I just, I mean, just happened to think. I mean, that was a good call. It, yeah. was, it worked out. I was, I, yeah. I definitely wasn't anticipating it would be as important as it turned out to be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and they were only, we weren't doing anything illegal. They were only concerned about wearing masks. Yeah. And it was, the, and it was also at that point we knew. So like mid show, mm. we get a news update saying that there's 103 yeah. cases the next day, which we know immediately. We're like, this is the last show for, right. for months. Yeah. This is it. We at this point, honestly, I was just hoping that we, our show would not be the new cluster. Like the new reason of the, the cluster. The guy running it, the the guy running the venue as well was pretty worried yeah. about that. I mean, the, the probability is pretty low, you know? Like, it's like you, you get nervous as a responsible person, but but if you look You know what? Legally, we wouldn't be liable to anything. No. But number two, it might have just given us the notoriety we needed to be famous in the city. Well... The brand might have been associated with it for a minute, and then after that, people would be like, oh, those are the guys who had the problem last time. Let's go see the show. I think that... <laughs> yeah, I wonder, because I, I definitely think that the way that Carrie Lamb or the government thinks about stuff is it's like... They'll just target sectors that gave them a problem. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah, like, if, yeah. like, like for example, there was an outbreak in the bars. So, yeah. the bars have been getting smashed in every, like, rule they put yeah. in. They're like, hit the bars. Because the bars had, you know, there was, like, a band, yeah. a Filipino band that went... Oh, yeah, yeah. All night long and Insomnia and all of these places. Which brings us back to our original point about the dance rooms. When they started closing things down this time... They didn't fucking close the dance studios. Yeah, because it's the same reason with the ports, right? They don't need to keep the ports open 
they keep the ports open because the tycoons have yeah. too much money in it and they have leverage. And that's the difference between here and like Taiwan. So, so at this point, right, so we've got this outbreak now. At this point, people are getting sick of it. Yeah. Hong Kong isn't doing a good job. Mm. Like you, it's, you could say, oh, but they've got so low cases compared to other places. It's like without trying to defend Trump or anyone, it's like once you've failed to stop it to a certain point, there's really nothing you can do. But like Hong Kong now has enough information that they could do it well and yeah. they keep fucking up. Yeah. Like they could do it well and they aren't. Like Australia... They let the cat way more out of the bag. They mm. were getting, dude, Victoria, like basically Melbourne was getting like 700, 800 cases a day. Right. Pulled it under control. New Zealand's doing an incredible job. Taiwan had like no cases for, for two, like nine months or whatever. 250 days yeah. or something. Yeah. Which um, is, why, why do you think Hong Kong keeps fucking up so badly? Well, Taiwan's not letting anyone in. I don't uh, think that's it though. Well, I don't that, think it's just... A, the that, that's a factor. For sure. No, no, it's a factor for them. And I'm saying that I don't think that's the I, reason I think, why. I think honestly... I think two things. Um, number one, I think the government is just... They, they're just liars. I think a lot of what they say they're doing, there's a big effort to, to create the perception that yeah. they're doing an excellent job. But the proof is in the pudding, right? right. It's getting in. Yeah. And if you, if you look at it, like I know someone that got in on an exemption. Mm. I know several people who violated their quarantine rules. Oh, yeah. I know those people too. I uh, mean, other people. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. this isn't... It's like... Despite what they say, right, it isn't being managed, and, yeah. and that's fine if your numbers are zero. But their numbers keep blowing up. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're you're screwing this up. My 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 biggest beef with it is not just that they keep screwing it up and the cases keep rising, but like when they do rise, which could happen anywhere, is that the, they're not approaching it in a surgical way. Like well, for example, they, you know that's what they say they're doing. I know, but which is really frustrating because like the dance studios is a great example. Literally, this time the clusters are only in the dance studios, and they closed everything else but the dance studios. The people in the F and B industry are are fuming, rightfully so, because they're like, we did everything, we complied with all the 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 how many people in the restaurants, the distancing, all of that, and then those other people caused the cluster and you were like, oh, no bars. Like, why no bars? What did they fucking do? Okay, well, let me give you one one possibility. And I'm yeah. not saying this is what it is, but yeah. let's just explore this for a second. Right, so, so there's a video that went around. So this cluster broke out, right? Mm. And then a video went around that everyone saw on social media that was this dirty old grandma like up against like a young jacked dude with no shirt on in a nightclub setting, yeah. like sucking on his nipple. And it was like this reveal, <laughs> like this is the Thai ties of Hong Kong yeah. are getting these like young dancing instructors, yeah. some of whom are gigolos. They call yeah. them ducks, ducks. Hey, man. Yadza. You don't judge people for doing what they got to do to make money. It's funny, you know, <laughs> when, I, when you hear about female prostitutes, you yeah. always think like, ah, oh, there's like exploitation. Yeah. They're victims and everything. Yeah. You hear about guys, you're like... Damn, damn right <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the south park episode where ike is ba banging his kindergarten teacher no so ike is like kyle's like little canadian brother right yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like two or whatever and he's banging his kindergarten teacher and you keep reporting him to the police and the police is not taking it seriously <laughs> and and it is this famous scene where they go like so what's his crime that he's a cool boy nice and they just high, high five um, zach elephant acts had a joke it was like uh um, the a, a fourteen year old boy 
uh, who was having sex with his female maths teacher yeah. died recently oh, yeah. from too many high fives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and these are not children. These are yeah. adults that are yeah. making crazy money. Yeah. And, and so, it, so, then when it, so this starlight place. So, yeah. basically, if you don't know, like a tai tai literally means wife. But when you talk about the Hong Kong tai tais, it's generally like the ultra wealthy, like yeah. super upper class. Um, you know, a lot of them are, some of them are business women. Some of them are, you know, like ex-wives yeah. or whatever, or like ex-wives. Yeah. And some of them, many of them are very serious about the dancing. Mm. Um, but they've been going into these studios in huge numbers, not wearing face masks. Yeah. And they've had an absolute blowout. And like one of the things that I saw reported was, Carrie Lam's member of the Hong Kong Club, which is one of these exclusive mm. clubs that you and I are never going to be able to yeah. go to. Never even heard of it. <laughs> right, but a lot of them were affected. Yeah. And uh, I think one of their mem- there was there's been some outbreaks in their members. Mm. It's like, you got to understand, these are the government's friends. Yeah. Right? These people are friends with the people yeah. in power. It's like, you wonder why... why what, it wasn't sloppy that they didn't shut this thing down. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was, yeah. It was very intentional. It's like, if... One of us happen to be friends with someone powerful. Maybe comedy shows would still be allowed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Ain't been no outbreaks at comedy shows. <laughs> in fact, in comedy shows, yeah, you, you don't have to sit densely, actually. No. You, you know, can actually sit pretty far apart. People, it's not a requirement that you stand so closely to each other in comedy show. And and I mean, y- we do force people to sit closely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, that's for our own selfish. Uh, how- but, but we would run shows if we had to separate people. And, yes. And it's like... You know, here's the, the the paradox of any rule that they put in place mm. is it's like, are you running the MTR? If public tra- this city can't work without public transportation. Dude, I was on the on the ding ding the other day. It's very crowded. Like that, that's the bus. The, no, the ding ding, like the fucking tram. The oh, old that's tram. called the ding ding. Or yeah, is this just how you? No, speak no, English? that's the, how do you call it here? Like the local <laughs> thing, because it goes ding ding. So that's it's. You remember Ryan and Mahesh ran ding ding comedy? It's like based on that. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I was on the tram and it was very crowded and there was like almost like everyone is wearing masks, of course, but it's like unhealthy, like close to each other. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, well, if that isn't causing an outbreak, no. then why do we need to ban? I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a mix of like just wanting to get back to normal, but then... The, I would say that the concern seems to be not that people are allowed to be on the MTR, but that they haven't sealed the borders properly. There is also like, th- this is not just a criticism to Hong Kong government, but there is like this, all these rules that don't make sense. Like we keep sending memes to each other about it. Like, like for example, the bars can close but if you serve french fries then you can open and serve alcohol like that doesn't fucking make any sense anywhere and also the idea that food and beverage establishments can can open during the day but at night they can close like we can go all like and sit there and make a cluster during the day the fire is still gonna come if it's coming and anyway so this has actually been this outbreak has uh, they've had three hundred and eleven cases just from the dance studio? Yeah, which is in this city. That's yeah. an, that's that's, that's a, a big number. It's the biggest outbreak. Yeah, no, it's the biggest since August or something. No, 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 yeah. no. Since the beginning, that's yeah. the biggest outbreak they've had from a single place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the latest victims include sixty-four-year-old C Ling Ling, a retired actress and ex-wife of tycoon Peter Lam. There you go. Which how much money these people have? Yeah. Um, also, reportedly testing positive with a bunch of her, oh. Uh, 
so apparently there's all these these subsequent outbreaks. Mm. So people have been in the dance studio cluster and then they're all playing mahjong. <laughs> yeah. And mahjong, they're saying like, because they pass the pieces around. Yeah. And they're just breathing at each other and they're not wearing face masks. Yeah. And it's like these super wealthy people have been, you know, how easy is it for those people to, to keep socially distant? Yeah. You know, and they have caught, there's this huge outbreak in their community, mm. which is kind of wonderful. <laughs> I mean, also, how much how much do we not know? That's the other thing. Because the outbreaks are in this high but up... Bro, this is what I'm saying. Is yeah. like, when it comes down to um, believing the government, it's like, they're not telling the truth. You know, no. That's, that's, and I love how she tells the truth, Carrie Lam, about something completely random. Did you see that article when he, she goes, I spend everything in cash because I don't have a bank account. She makes the government pay her in cash. It's like... That's yeah. bad for COVID. No, and it's not just that. <laughs> it's she gets paid five point two million Hong Kong dollars a year and she has them in cash. Which to be honest with you, <laughs> it's 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 she's the highest paid uh senior government employee in the world. Yeah. But the paradox of it though is that paradox is not the right word, but is that's not actually that much money for their world, you know? I, yeah, I get that. I'm sure she can make more just giving speeches or whatever. But like, so does fucking Hillary Clinton and Obama and all these guys. They make money after they finish I mean, the presidency. That? That's only like 800,000 US dollars a year. Uh, the, the US president? 400,000 US dollars a year. That's it. No, but it's nothing. But, but Carrie Lam's figure in US yeah, dollars, right? Yeah, that's true. But it's still a lot of money. Sure. And the fact that she keeps it in cash and somehow, I don't know why, even what the context was, but the fact that she decided to tell the media about it, like she's complaining. I'm like, what What are you talking about? Yeah, because <laughs> she's complaining to people whose apartments couldn't physically hold that much cash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, if you really have a problem with space, I have a rooftop. Come yeah. leave it on my rooftop. Yeah, she's like, it's, I have so much trouble doing yoga in my bedroom around all the piles of money. <laughs> you know, because uh, I always do downward facing dog into some notes. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, we're so getting deported. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm ready to leave at this point. I'm so sick of this place getting uh, its outbreaks and just... We were, hey. we're so close to... Like, we were, we were getting close to setting up... A new venue and stuff, and now we're like, okay, well, we're gonna figure out how to pay rent next month. It's know? very frustrating, to be honest. Like, and I, the the common theme is like, whenever you and me get on this podcast, we always talk about like how we survived the last thing. Yeah, and now we're in the thick of it again, and it's tiring. It's very tiring. Yeah, and, and listen, it's tough for a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's a lot tougher for other people than it is for us. We're we're super fortunate. We're super fortunate that we could be in a place right now where there is a lot of stuff we can do. Even though the bars are closed now. I'm not complaining about the bars. I just want to be able to work. Yeah, bars are not that important to me. But no. but it's representative of the level of Sure. that there are some restrictions, but but plenty of stuff. Even, yeah, if you're listening, uh, you also work in bars, so yeah. Well, hire us for your next private gig birthday. I would be a gigolo. Just hire me or yeah. give me money on Patreon. Quack quack. <laughs> just 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 hire us. <laughs> Um, so it was so crazy, dude. I was doing some research into this, like this dance school scene. So apparently like dancers can earn, you know, they, they'll, they'll bring them in for a thousand dollars a class yeah, and they'll bring them in via speedboat from mainland China. What? Yeah. They're going to pick them up really high level dancers yeah. who are just like really jacked young guys. Yeah. Shenzhen or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, Zhuhai. Yeah. Go pick them up, put them on a boat that I never bring them across the border. I just illegally bring them in, bring them for yeah. a few days. They earn stacks of money and yeah. then they head back and they're being showered with like Rolexes yeah. and, you know, 
Wow. All these fancy things. And, and one of the guys was like, you know, there's a legitimate dance scene going yeah. on and there are people that are legitimately interested in a lot of these women are very good at the dances. Yeah. And he's like, but it is very clear a lot of these relationships are more than just student and teacher. Yeah, there is there is definitely a lot of fishy stuff in there when you read the the, the fine print uh, on these stories because like, yeah, the common theme is young guys and older Thai Thai. And there is also illegal basically smuggling of them into, into Hong Kong. And you're like, how is that? Because everyone knows about it. Like the government knows. Yeah. It's just, so dude, they did like, apparently like three quarters of the guys at Starlight were in their 20s. Yeah. And 80% of the women yeah. were in their 70s or 80s. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> or it might have been three quarters of the women, whatever. It was, right. it was like massively, yeah. the age yeah. gap was like massively skewed. Right. Uh, like clearly, and then there was this one story I came across. So, so this woman who she was uh, the head of private banking for HSBC, yeah. Monica Wong. She's not anymore, but she was at the time. Yeah, she paid fifteen point four million US dollars for salsa lessons. Wow. Yeah, it, it was it was supposed to be unlimited lessons for eight years or something. But these two dancing instructors... By the way, when is a dancing instructor going to earn $15 million? Do- do- <laughs> yeah. like, over what time frame could they... Like bearing that in mind, put, let me put that in perspective. Yeah. They're earning more than Carrie Lam is. Yes. Carrie Lam doesn't earn that much. No. Even you if know? you do it over eight years, it doesn't add up because that's in US dollar, you say. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's just mind-bending. Uh, you know? And so also like... When so, you- the, so these people also... The funniest part about mm. it was like, how stupid could you be? So these guys offended her they like humiliated her in front of her rich friends they said she's a lazy dog they Uh, said she can't move and all this stuff why would you do that when she gave you 50 million dollar bro bro (laughs) every gigolo in the room must have been like you don't get how this works no yeah not at all (laughs) just do or say whatever you have to say they're like i got a rolex you got 15.4 million dollars what What the fuck are you doing and then um so they had been coaching her for like $200 a class yeah. prior to that. Yeah. And I guess doing a really good job. She won several awards. Oh, she, by the way, she's also the daughter of a tycoon. Did I mention that? No, but it's not surprising at this point of the story. Yeah. I, she's, yeah. she's also like, yeah. Pr- prior. You said she's high up like former senior of HSBC. So I know at, at she's, the, at she's rich. She's rich on her own, but also being a daughter of a tycoon explains the insane amount of money you can spend on a dance class. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard. I think it's hard to put into perspective just how much money the tycoons here have. I mean, Lee Kai-shing alone, I think mm. he made $23 billion off his investment in Zoom just this year, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, oh man, like some of the numbers, I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe it wasn't 23, but it, but it was it was into the multiple billions Yeah. for this year. Um, and... I remember when we were looking for a comedy club, we found this really, really nice venue and it was, it had been a Mexican restaurant, but then nothing had been sitting there for six months. Yeah. And we thought it was perfect. We're like, this is just great. They've yeah. been really happy. They, they, they've been losing money on rent. And we yeah. There. And then the, the woman, the landlord was like, man, we don't really feel like having you guys in here. I'm like, feel? Yeah. Do you have much money we're willing to yeah. pay for this? 
And it turned out that the Mexican restaurant had been hers. I found out that at that point she was in the process of taking over all the bars in the building yeah. because she also owned the entire building in Central. <laughs> Her family owned several full buildings yeah. around Hong Kong. And here you are like talking about the one place she doesn't give a shit about. They, they, turns out, I, I saw this article, they own 30% of the most expensive street in Vietnam. Wow, which is worth a hundred US dollars. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but they my, probably bought it for that money, though. And it's like, yeah, I can't get why she doesn't care. I mean, there's no, yeah, she's not going to run out of money. No, she's not worried about it. No. Um, but going back to the couple uh, who messed up, the, the screwed up the deal with the HSBC woman amazing. badly. So, so they offended her. I just want to follow the stories. They offended her and then she decided to do what? Like take her money back? So she paid a deposit, right. had, had no classes under the contract, Yeah, had, I guess, some negative interactions with them, decided yeah. this isn't working out. I want my deposit back. Yeah. They've countersued her for the full amount. Yeah, They lost everything and, uh. and had to pay interest as well um, <laughs> which like i'm guessing these people couldn't even afford the interest on that i don't think so <laughs> but i mean aside from all of that how much money could you have that you pay 50 million dollars for dance classes that's just to me that's it's not in my word i've never yeah he, i never talked to someone who would who has that kind of money except for maybe alan zeman but like he's not my friend i, I met him not once. with that attitude yeah. <laughs> like he's should have taught him some salsa lessons yeah exactly should have should have given him private comedy classes i mean the thing is it's it's, it's if you were let's say that salsa was your thing right right or, or i think it was ballroom dancing whatever it was yeah like let's say that's your thing it's not like that amount of money is the difference between being able to do it and not being able to do right. it. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like these people were already teaching you for like $200 a class. Yeah. Like, yeah. where is the... You decided to throw an insane amount of money at them and they very stupidly blew it. It's so strange. I, I don't know what I enjoy more. I think I, the, I, I... I don't know why, but I enjoy the most that they screwed it up. I, I, yeah. I like, it, how big is your ego? Yeah. Like, how arrogant are you that you had the chance to never work again. Yeah. Like, I would be there... If I were them, I'd be rocking up to work every day like, yep, yeah, shouldn't have called her a lazy dog. I <laughs> not have to be here at McDonald's yeah. right now. Oh, my Would God. you like fries with that? I'd like, to, you know, to have some self-awareness when <laughs> opportunity comes my way. Next time. I mean, that's the thing. That's the kind of the sad part about that is like, those guys are never going to get another opportunity like that. You know that. Even that, if they're good dancers, like... I want to be like a fly on the wall when... Yeah. Like, how did that number come out? Like, who put that number out? Yeah, good. Yeah, Imagine I don't she, think it was them. She's like, they're at a dinner, she's had a few drinks. She's like, you know yeah. what? I'm thinking of paying you guys $14 million for <laughs> lessons. And the guy's like, You're like um, 15.4. <laughs> He's like, ah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, let's go with 20. And she's like, 15, done. <laughs> it's like the fake market. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. like, French fries. fries. French fries. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think is the mo- way forward from here uh, when it comes to the city, not to us? I I think that we're heading to Christmas. We're heading to New Year's. What's gonna happen? It's it's difficult to say. Um, I, I wish I had a clearer answer for you, but this is like it's 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 not clear. Right? Like we're hitting about eighty or ninety cases a day. Yeah. And w- one thing that Hong Kong's probably had more experience with than anywhere else is going from like zero cases into it again yeah like a lot of places have had it worse but but to go that that process of like you you go from 
they've got, the way that it works is the virus gets out into the community before they find it, and yeah. so a lot of the early case finding is not is not tracking the spread as yeah. much as it is discovering the spread. Yeah, that, it's always a reaction that, that, that you're that you're a couple of weeks behind on. Yeah, yeah, you know. So we're early days in that. It's it's really only been a week. Yeah, like week, 10 days, something yeah, like this. Yeah, of them really starting to find cases now. But it's never preemptive. That's the annoying part about it. Like, you, they're never, mean? yeah, they're never like, oh, so the next thing is might come from clusters of, you know, wet markets or whatever it is. And they're like, let's disinfect those or close them preemptively. It's always a reaction well, have, with it, exceptions. It, it, it kind of has to be a reaction. But here's the thing they really screwed up, right? Is like, they've got a people that are, you know, culturally fine to work together on this but they've set up all these stations to be like you know they said we're going to test the whole city and they found like 17 cases yeah you know how much money did they spend on that yeah but here's the problem dude is so few people trust the government now yeah. that they just they didn't want to do it they, no the government handled it so badly because it was broadly known that some mainland chinese company was brought in not put through any of the checks that they would have to be yeah. put through are going to be handed the data on... You oh, know. they were open. They're open about it too. They didn't hide it. They're like, the samples are going to go to mainland China for yeah. testing. And so all these people were like, well, screw you. Yeah. You, you, you screwed us up politically. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're really unhappy with the government. Yeah, we're not just gonna like hand you our blood data. Yeah. When I don't have any sense that I have COVID. Yeah. yeah what, what do I gain out of this? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm not sick. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's not to say that no one went. And, and also, like, there's a trap in thinking that everybody's anti the Hong Kong government. Plenty, yeah. plenty of people are not. No, yeah. If everybody was, the government would not be. Uh, actually, actually that might that. not be true. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go back. You of all people yeah, exactly. should me, know that, yeah. a, that a government in the face of no support whatsoever yeah. would just continue to validate themselves. <laughs> that is true. I got carried away there for a second. Uh, with my hopes of democracy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You, you, you really, at this point, you know, you should know better than that. Yeah, I do. I said that's, I think that's my problem though, is that I keep clinging on to this like hope of like, oh yeah, the next thing is going to be better. It's like, and then why the fuck? Someone like you comes to me is like, you should know better. I'm like, ah oh, shit, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that this is the first time when I've been open to p- possibly the idea of a Zoom show. Oh. As a regular <laughs> thing. Yeah, I mean, my problem with it, aside it sucking, but also I don't, I've not seen people making money off it, like real money. Not crazy money, but people making some money off it. Yeah, maybe maybe if that's the case, because I don't want to do a Zoom show and like hate it for like $5. That's just not, it's not, it's not worth my time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, But what do you think? What do you think we should do? I think we should. Uh, I'm not even joking about it. We should. We should look seek out people who are like the Thai ties and just do private shows for them. Yeah, how do you think like you seek get... out re- rich people? Dude, all you're gonna get is COVID. I do it. If it's COVID and forty million dollars, I'm in. Oh, but so by the way, so the Hong Kong government said recently that they would give five thousand Hong Kong dollars to people who had COVID, <laughs> and I was like, "I'll go get COVID." Yeah, I'm gonna go get tested because I'm you can get f- tested for for antibodies, right? First time in my life, I want to go get go ballroom dancing, dude. If it's five thousand cents, I'm in. Just <laughs> give them the money. <laughs> Jesus, it's so bad. 
Yeah, so I think I would just I would just look for like private gigs for you know rich people like companies they have they're having Christmas parties coming up. Yeah, um, you know Vivek is, is is a great resource for that. He he worked with has worked with these guys for years, so that's what I would try to do. And if you're listening and you know you want you want some entertainment in your life, hit me up. I do think that we're getting closer and closer to a vaccine being rolled out, and even if that takes up a huge chunk of next year, it's like we just. We'll, we just, we'll find something to do in the interim and we get to that yeah. point. Once we get to that point, we go back to what we do. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, just got to stay positive in the interim and, and be grateful for the fact stay that... Stay positive might not be the right term right now. Yeah, COVID positive. <laughs> also HIV positive. Yeah. I'm going to stay negative. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, especially if anyone asks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure.